0: Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 35, a career story with Jennifer Haymoss. Before we get going today, I just wanna highlight one of the customer reviews that showed up in the Apple Podcast Store in iTunes. So, from a teacher to another teacher, five stars. If you are a teacher, it is because you love learning, And if you love learning as much as I do, I want you to know you are in the right place. Carrie is without any doubt a person who is deeply passionate about teaching and sharing with others what she learns along the way. Exemplary content, practical advice, interesting interviews, honest insights, professional experience in and out of the classroom, and much more you will be able to find here. Gracias for all you do for us. I appreciate you. Well, thank you, Vanessa, so much for that heartfelt review. If you know me, I get very moved by this type of feedback. It just motivates me so much to keep putting all the work that I do put into this podcast. So Vanessa, thank you so much for taking the time to write that review. I'm gonna get back to reading these reviews on the podcast. So any of you out there that have a minute to pop on and leave us five stars and maybe even leave us a review, I'll read it right here on the podcast. It is March, 2019 and I just sent out an amazing email to all of you on the E2E email list. We had a huge announcement go out this morning, and that announcement is we are hosting another free teacher conference this summer, a free virtual teacher conference. It costs nothing to attend. Our goal is to get 20,000 teachers signed up for this conference. The conference is going to focus on success stories from the 2018-19 school year. Teachers are going to come together to do video pre-recorded presentations about the the best things that they do in their classroom. They're going to talk about it. They're going to give how-tos, and they're going to teach you the things that they do in their classroom to make their life better in the areas of classroom management, classroom engagement, um, classroom environment, and of course, teaching and learning. If you want to sign up for that free conference, it's July 15th through 17th. Go to educators to educators.com backslash summer. Also, this week the career conference starts. You'll hear Jennifer talk about this career conference in this podcast. The career conference is packed with presentations from TPT success stories, to uh, how to get a job in tech, how to become an education consultant, how to use social media to earn extra income. I mean, it has so many amazing presentations. You can still sign up before this Friday when the conference starts. Again, head over to educators 2 to learn more. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with one of our career conference presenters, Jennifer Haymos, and we had an amazing conversation about her career and how she went from teaching high school to working for a university. I think you're going to find this information really fascinating and interesting. So without further ado, let's get talking to Jennifer. Jennifer is the director of the Office of Clinical Experiences at Western Michigan University. Jennifer is actually a presenter in the upcoming E2E Teacher Career Conference, and I asked her to join us today to talk about her career and how she's built the career that she has for herself. And as always, here on E2E, we're going to focus on three areas. So, Jennifer is going to talk about how her passions led her to her next career move. Then she's going to talk about what you can do today to start making connections if you're thinking about a transition out of the classroom. And then she's going to talk about how she, her partnerships really helped her become successful once she made that move. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on Educators to Educators podcast.
1: Thanks, Carrie. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Jennifer and I were just chatting. Um, We live in the Midwest, and it's very gray Mm -hmm. and kind of blah here. So as soon as I got on the phone with Jennifer, I was like, yes, I just need that. A little of your energy is going to make my day turn around. So thanks for taking the time to be here on this gray, dark day. Of
1: course. We all need something to give us a little warmth and light. So I appreciate you, too.
0: So, Jennifer, let's talk about your career. So you were a teacher. For how long did you teach and what grades did you teach? So
1: I taught for eight years. I taught for seven years in a high school. I taught high school English. And that was with mostly ninth grade, which is my favorite grade. I know some people are like, And then I also taught 12th grade. So, so ninth
0: on. grade, wow, that has got to be an interesting year because they're transitioning. Were they transitioning from middle school to high school? Yes,
1: and that it was just my favorite time because they're new in the big school and they're nervous about what they're doing and they're trying to find themselves. And it was really fun on that end when they're starting. And then the seniors, those 12th graders, that's a new transition. So I, I just really love those coaching them through those transitions.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I could see you being very good at that. So that's really cool. So you taught high school for seven years, and then what was next? So for then
1: you? I um, started to just have some health problems. I was getting really stressed out with um, with just all of the bureaucracy that came with teaching in this in this large under resourced public school system. And I started to get really sick, and I didn't know what to do. So I was going to the doctor, getting all these tests, and then this um, progressive independent school, which is the total other side of the spectrum, they reached out to me and said, you know, will you come and teach humanities here for sixth through eighth graders? And I just thought, wow, the, the numbers went down from like 150 students to 28 students. And you got to have class in the woods every day. And, you know, they're progressive, independent. I was like, sure, I'll, let me try it. So I went over there for a year. Is it
0: fun to... Just do some, like, flip what you knew on its head and try something new?
1: Yeah, it was really fun. Um, a part of me just felt like I, when I was there I, every day, I would just think, I wish that every student could have this experience, so... It was hard because when I left um, my first job and went to that one, it really aligned with my pedagogy, but not really with what I believe every student should have. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I just felt guilty a lot that I was having all this fun with my students, and um, I never got to do that. I had fun in other ways in the high school classroom, but it, I just felt um, like torn about whether I should be there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but, I, but I loved it. It was
0: really fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So then what came next for you after that?
1: So then I, you know, I was teaching and I was doing a ton of service learning and I had been doing that since I taught at the high school. And then um, this organization in Kalamazoo called Jeter's Leaders. I need to um, pause you for
0: one second. Can you explain what service learning is before you move on?
1: Oh, yeah. So we would do, uh, we would come up with our ideas about, you know, what what do you want to change in the world? How does that look? And then we would come up with projects and we worked with different community organizations to bring those projects to life. So as opposed to community service where you're going out and maybe volunteering and you're still learning, you know, really important soft skills and life skills from that. This was like really developing projects and budgets and writing grants and and working with um, these organizations to bring some projects off the ground. And, you know, an example of that would be we uh, put together a free store for people um, who didn't have clothes for uh, career interviews. Mm. So it was just setting – I mean, it was – they would just tell me what they wanted to do, and I would help them figure out how to make it happen. That's awesome.
0: Okay, so you were doing a lot of that work, and then you were saying you – uh, there was an organization that you started working with?
1: Um, so I started working with Jeter's Leaders, which is the social change organization, a youth leadership organization that was founded by Derek Jeter, the baseball player for the New York Yankees. Um, and he, he's retired since then, but I started uh, working for them. They came to me because of the work I'd been doing in the community, in the classroom. And they said, wow, you'd be a great program coordinator for this position. Um, So I I left the classroom and I started working in youth leadership, which was a dream. It was a dream job. It was so much fun.
0: What did you like about that job? And what do you think was the biggest difference between being in a classroom every day and doing that, that job?
1: So for me, that job was... Uh, we always say it felt like you're a Mrs. Frizzle. So it'd be like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Um, you know, what do you, what, how do you want to build your leadership? And our students would tell us and we would make it happen. It was a dream. We had about 40 students and we focused on um, college readiness and social change. So we would put together these college tours for them all over the United States. I got to fly places with them. We took really long bus rides. We would go and look at all these universities. We went to about 10 to 15 of them a year. And we would do campus tours. We would provide them with goal setting, leadership coaching. Um, What I found that was so fun about it compared to the classroom was it was all those those activities as a teacher that you do um, it's the it's the coaching. It's the getting to supervise field trips. It's it's planning field trips. It's all those fun things, and that's your job. So you're not doing the grading or um, just those the every day in front of the classroom teaching. You're doing all outside of school activities with them.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was it was so fun. I mean, I got to be with students. The first time they, they touched the ocean. They had never seen the ocean. Wow! I got to be with them when they did that, or their first plane trip. Um, just being able to provide those opportunities for them was, it was one of the best experiences in my life. It was awesome.
0: I think that makes me think back to my first, I actually have a music degree for my undergrad, which a lot of people don't know. And I my first job was working for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, which was a non-for-profit. And so we would take, um, part of what I did through my work there is to bring the these world renowned musicians out to Chicago public schools and have them perform in schools. Um, and a lot of times they were schools in, you know, in like underserved schools or schools that were in, you know, 100% free and reduced lunch. And so many of these students had never seen like a classical musician or music or heard it live, obviously. So anyway, um, Kind of reminds me of that exposure where their eyes would just be like, oh, my gosh, for the first time that they had heard, you know, live music like that. Um, So there is a new way of bringing a a new experience to a student and seeing how they react to it.
1: It is. And just knowing like we really focus on healthy lifestyles. So I got to bring speakers to meetings um, that, you know, meditated with them and we would do yoga or we would do we would go exercise or we got to go to a community kitchen and cook a meal. Uh, we made black bean brownies. You know, just these things where, like, for us, we're like, let's try it out. It's going to be fun. But sometimes uh, teenagers don't do that. No. And just being able to do that stuff with them, it was so fun. Those were, it was definitely the most fun I've ever had. It was just a ton of travel. Yeah. Um, and I, I just knew it wasn't going to be 100% sustainable for 30 years. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, after you did that, is that how you really got connected to the college you know, seen, and is that how you ended up in the position you're in now?
1: It is. My, I actually always stayed connected with the college from the time I was teaching at the high school. So when I taught at the high school, I would have uh, pre-interns and intern teachers from the university, and my door was just open for them all the time. So people were in for observations. I would partner with faculty and say, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to try to teach something? What What do you want? Like, let's try something. So they were in my classroom a lot uh, when I was a teacher. And then um, I just stayed connected with them because the office of the nonprofit that I worked for was on campus. And so I was just kind of in campus life already. Um, and that's how, I mean, I did, it was just always, I, be, I, came, I became friends with a lot of those people who were in my classroom and I started my master's at the university too. So, you know, it's just kind of, I've always been a Western Michigan University Bronco (laughs) from the time I did my undergrad, and I just always stayed plugged in with them because I liked all of the work that was coming out of the College of Education there.
0: So I know we're going to talk about, you know, your passions leading you to where you go next in your career and, you know, how those connections helped you, Um, but just really quick, tell us what you do in your role currently um, as the Director of Clinical Experiences.
1: So what I do now is I do a little bit of everything that I've done for the last 14 years. <laughs> it's really fun. I um, I work with pre-service teachers when they're in the field for their final internship. So I provide their professional development speakers. I do a lot of observation and coaching with them. Um I, a lot of what I do is around making sure that they're leaving our program feeling ready for the for the field and ready for teaching. I also establish relationships with school districts, and um, a lot of it's you know talking to school districts about what they need out of our students and trying to make sure that our programs reflect what they need. I also connect with community organizations, um, and again, I always talk about community organizations. But I've been connecting with with tons of different organizations in this city. Uh, since I was a teacher so it's just understanding as a teacher how important how it's not just school and home there's also that community piece Um, so we bring in speakers from the community to work with our students we also uh, make connections so that they're going out and tutoring in some of the programs so they're getting other kinds of experience with youth outside of the classroom
0: wonderful that's amazing So tell me a little bit about this first topic of letting your passions kind of lead you into your next career. So let me frame this quickly with here at E2E at the beginning of 2019, we're really focusing on teacher career. So teachers may want to stay in the classroom their entire life until they retire, and we want to provide information and resources to help them grow and learn and continue to be their best teacher self. But we also realize that some teachers are called to transition out of the classroom and to work in something else. So um, for me personally at E2E, I want teachers to stay in education. I don't want teachers that are ready for a challenge to go work for another company not related to education. Um, I'm really passionate about keeping teachers in the field somehow And so that's why we're doing these interviews just to expose teachers to other career opportunities within this big realm of education. So with that being said, Jennifer, um, can you tell us a little bit about how your passions really led you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because we always say, you know, hindsight's 20-20. And when you look back over the trajectory of my career, you're like, oh, I totally understand why you are where you are right now. But at the time when I started teaching – I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to be here forever, Um, but when I think about it, it's like I started, even in my first couple years of teaching, really cultivating my passions into what my next career would be, and um, one of the ways that I did that was I got really good at two to three things that I absolutely loved doing, and one of those things was social justice, I made sure that I was part of our um, anti-racism training team. Any trainings that were offered on, on that or, or PDs when I was a teacher, I went to those. I tried to look at my own curriculum and what I was doing to make sure that um, I tried to approach it with like an anti-bias lens. Um, you know, who, what authors were we reading in the English classroom, and does it reflect the population of the students that I'm working, does it reflect me, I really like became an expert in that, and I even got my master's in sociocultural foundations of education, and that was just like an overarching theme of everything I did, so then I went, you know, then from there you go into the social change or leadership organization, and from there you go into working with pre-service teachers, and a lot of what I talk about is social justice and how it's related to teaching. So that was just an example of just identifying those things that you really love and figuring out how to put it into your everyday that you're doing in the classroom.
0: So if you're a teacher sitting there today and you're in there in the classroom and you feel a calling, you're like, I want to go try something new, how can a teacher really what could they do today to start preparing themselves for that transition, maybe in a year or two years?
1: So what I always talk about with people, besides identifying like a few passions, because I know also when we're first starting out in teaching, especially if you're really enthusiastic about what you're doing, it's everything. Like you're passionate about everything. But it's when, once you narrow it down to those couple things. And for me, like I said, it was social justice, service and um, community connections, and then project-based learning. So those were the three things that I really did. Um, And then once I got really, really good at figuring out how to integrate that into what I was doing in the classroom, then I said, okay, well, there are things I just don't know about this stuff, and I'm never going to know. So how do I find people to come in? to the classroom and work with me um, to support what I'm doing. And so that's where I talk about, for all those things that you're interested in, how can you make like one to two connections that just immediately, so after we're done today, you might say, well, I've been thinking about, um, you know, plugging into um, this after school program because I think it could be really interesting, but I just don't know how. And what I would say is, and again, everything I'm talking about is based in community, but you got to learn about the organization. I wouldn't cold call them and say, hey, come to my classroom. I would really <laughs> go um, talk to them, make the time to go talk to them, um, put in some time to maybe volunteer, um, and just really get to know uh, like one to two places that you're like, I really want to figure out how to plug my students and in, in my work into this organization.
0: What... Um... What is interesting about you when you're talking about this too, it's like, even if you aren't looking to transition out of the classroom, this is good practice for a teacher in their career to help them grow, right? I think what I, you know, just talking to so many teachers, a lot of times if teachers are feeling like I had taught for 10 years and my 10th year, I was definitely struggling a little bit emotionally. And I think for me, I was ready for a bigger challenge, Um, but you know, I had had some of the first iPads in the nation in my classroom, like I had these big challenges and things I was getting passionate about. And that's ultimately, ultimately what led me out of the classroom. But I think what kept me fresh and excited and new during those other nine years was taking on new challenges, right, and finding new things to be passionate about. Um, Whether that means being a mentor teacher, I had lots of student teachers and pre-service teachers in my classroom and trying a new technology or leading PD, but find things that you can kind of hold on to and learn as much as you can about so that you can share that out with others, whether or not you are thinking about leaving the classroom or not.
1: Yeah. It just like sparks that energy, you know, because everyone hits a wall at five years of teaching. Sometimes it happens at three too, (laughs) but you, you hit a wall and you're like, what, you know, sometimes you feel really alone too. Um, At one of the places where I worked, um, another teacher said, well, all the social justice stuff that you do, like, they should just be doing that at church or at home. Like, you shouldn't be doing that in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, excuse (laughs) me. Because I've been working with all of these people um, in, in my classroom, and we were going out of the classroom, into these spaces I was like that's not true you know and I could say I didn't have to go and and be upset I mean I was upset about it but I didn't have to dwell on it because I said you know that what you're saying isn't true because of all of these people who are supporting me and my work I'm not alone yeah and and I'm able to to do what's what I'm passionate about with my students And you can say whatever you want to say, but there are these three organizations that I work with and they disagree too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So um, talk a little bit about these partnerships and how, from a career perspective, how those partnerships helped you ultimately get to where you are today. So if you're, if you're thinking about, Right. If it's a, it, was it a two-way street? What were you giving them? What were you showing them about yourself that ultimately got you to be hired in these other positions?
1: I think a lot of it was just um, being really open-minded about what we could do. Sometimes when I talk to people who are in school's um you know i'll say well what about you know why don't we try this and they'll say oh we can't the curriculum won't let us uh-huh. or her oh you can't go to a field trip we don't have money you know we can't get a bus and for me it was always um especially when it comes to these partnerships like okay well we will get a bus we will bring you over what grant do we have to write what do we have to do and you know it all we always figured it out yeah. and so it's it's the first thing was um just setting aside like the doubt that you might have about making connections with, with these places. Um, so just an example, uh, one of the things that I really liked was again, and I was really passionate about was like bringing people from the community into my classroom. And I connected with uh, teen librarians at our public library. And I just said, you know, I I think the students roll their eyes when I'm doing all these book talks, do you want to come in and do book talks? And, um, and for them it was, you know, yes, because we want students to come to the public library, we want them to come to our teen events that we have, you know, of course we're going to drive over here, and it's just an easy way for us to do that, and it wasn't, and that was a less complicated piece, because I wasn't like, we're going to go to fields, we're going to come and do a field trip, we're going to come and you're going to give everyone a free book, it was just like, what, you know, what can we do right now? And then that grew into these book groups where they were giving us advanced readers copies. The students got to keep all these books. Um, They were getting asked their opinion, and they were able to contribute their voice to books that were going to be featured with the library. It was really, I mean, and that's just, it just grows from the things, you know, you think about, like, what is, what's possible right now? And then how can that grow into something bigger? And it's really just, again, being open-minded um, and just sticking to the partnership as well. So if I would have just said, well, you come in for one book talk, yep. it wouldn't have grown into that. It's thinking, like, you can come in, you know, once a month or every other month, what works for you, and really trying to be flexible and open-minded with with the types of organizations that you want to work with.
0: You know, um, a lot of teachers come to me and say, hey, will you look at my resume? Or, oh, you know, they want to transition maybe to work for an education company. And I like, look at my resume, but all I've done is taught. And I'm like, now, come on, give yourself some more credit there. There's a lot of skills that transition over. But a partnership like this would look amazing on someone's resume. Um, it does. Yeah, so it you does. Being able to build that part. Because <laughs> basically, in a lot of ways, those are the skills that you use in sales at a company or that you use in customer success at a company or in a professional development role. Um, And I think you're touching on something that I really, really cannot stress as much. Um, I turned 41 this year. I've had, you know, I've been working since I was 15 years old. And I cannot stress enough how important it is, whether you're a first-year teacher or you're a 10th-year teacher or wherever you are in your career, relationships and the way you treat your colleagues, it matters, it does. And you, Definitely. I always put my peers above anything else and my relationships with those peers because the peers are the ones that are going to have your back if you have an emergency. They're the ones that are going to have your back if, God forbid, someone's talking bad about you down the hall or whatever, like your relationships. And I will tell you, growing educators to educators and my consulting business everything that comes my way is because of someone that I have worked with in the past, or a relationship I have had in the past. It is crazy all the way back from my first school that I first taught at, or at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, because I did take those relationships seriously, and I treated people well. I wanted to know them and their story, and so I just would encourage you, everyone that comes in your classroom, if you have a student teacher in your I'm sorry, a pre-service teacher, I've got to change my language there, I'm old, <laughs> I'm old school, um, a pre-service teacher that comes in your classroom, like, I worked with a lot of teachers from Illinois State University through a pipeline project, and um, their professors would come in, and I would welcome them, and I would talk to them, or I would, you know, encourage them, and they were always bringing people into my classroom, as you said, Jennifer, and guess what, those student teachers are now teachers of the year that are the ones on my Instagram supporting the work I'm doing, spreading the word. Um, those professors are the ones that are saying, Hey, do you want to partner on this? Do you want to do a professional development? So I'm rambling a little bit here, which I usually don't do when I have a (laughs) guest because I want to hear you talk. But Jen, you really struck a, like, you know, a chord with me in that though you every day work on building relationships. It is so, so important
1: it i mean that's what my that's what all the positions i've had have been about since teaching it's been about how do you build relationships and a lot of it's just saying it's not just what you can give me it's what i can give you as well so i mean just thinking about how As teachers, you know, when you know what you're passionate about, so, I mean, just another example, I knew I was really passionate about um, that community piece, and so I started volunteering, and I'm not, and uh, just to, just to pause myself on this, I'm not saying, like, you should go volunteer 40 hours a week outside of teaching, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you think about, like, what you really want to put your time into, And I started volunteering with an organization in town where um, we did a cultural exchange. We brought students with us to Senegal um, and we were in Dakar for two weeks with them. We did a hip hop project when we were over there and I was able to travel with that organization because I was like, wow, it's really interesting that you're not just like, let's go paint a wall over in this country. It was like a cultural exchange where it's like, let's talk about your life as a teenager in Dakar. And then here's my life as a teenager in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And, you know, now we're going to do a project together. Um, and and that was all because I said, you know, I'm really interested in this organization. Can I start volunteering with you? And it's, uh, it's about, like, walking the walk, you know? I said I'm interested. I said I'm going to volunteer. I'm not going to come volunteer one time and then I'm out of here. Like, I was just with them for a year and I got to go to Dakar with a bunch of students. And it was a really life-changing
0: experience. Yeah, and I think... Even if you're you're like, okay, well, I can't commit that much to something, I think start small and say yes to opportunities that come to you. If someone wants to come observe your classroom, say yes to it. Mm-hmm. If someone, you know, Illinois State asked me to be part of this video they were creating on classroom management, and I was like, yeah, I'll interview. And those little things, saying yes, I mean, I, I think there's this big push right now on social media of like, say no, say no. And saying no is important, right? Like, you think yes, who yes has to be aligned to your belief system and what is ultimately going to help you. But I also thinking being an open person and sharing your classroom and sharing your learnings and welcoming, you know, pre-service teachers and those kind of yeses, um, they add up and they give you great experience. And again, people are drawn to people who are positive and open and they're going to want to be part of what you're doing uh, later on, on down the line. Yeah. And I, I,
1: the way I think about it is that I think sometimes as teachers, you have imposter syndrome when it comes to putting yourself out there or saying like, oh yes, you can come to my classroom. You know, especially with teachers I work with right now, you'll, you know, you don't want to open your door because you're like, well, what if they judge what I'm doing or they don't think it's right? Or, you know, people think I'm not a good teacher and it's, that's imposter syndrome because you know, if you're willing to open your door, but people in um, you, you are a good teacher. Yeah. That's what I, I think some people, especially people who are really, really good teachers, they're like, well, I just want to keep my door closed and just do, do what I do. And that's Okay. But I always think, like, if you're looking for something that will give you energy or you're looking for your next steps or you're trying to figure out what you want to do, you got to let people in and build those relationships. And also, don't be afraid to market yourself. I think we always we get into that, too, as teachers. Like, well, I don't want to seem like I'm full of myself or I don't want to seem, you know, like I just focus on me and my ego is really big. And it's not about that. It's just being able to show, like, that's how you make those connections, too. You know, you say, like, look at this great thing that we did um, with, this, with this organization, or even look at this great project that my students did on their own, and just putting it out there so people can see what you're doing. And then when you're doing that, people will connect with you, too. You don't always have to do the outreach to, um, to those people who are outside of your organization. Yeah.
0: I think that it is easy if you're a really great teacher to close your door because sometimes other teachers get jealous yeah that happens too. Yeah, yeah I mean, I remember my first few years of teaching. There's a woman that just wanted to take me down. and like and I will say, like I loved having teachers that have been teaching for twenty or thirty years. Like I had one across the hall, and she was amazing. She taught me so much. um but like there was another teacher that was very close to being done with her teaching career, and she did not like me because here I was with all this energy and trying new things and Um, eventually I got her to like me, but, uh, you know, you sometimes will get teachers that don't want you to excel. Um, and I always say like, just put them out of their mind. They're going to be like that no matter what you do. Um, but if you're doing new things in your classroom and you're willing to help others learn, if they want to learn how you do something, take the time and teach someone, um, stuff comes back to you, it really does.
1: It does. Or they tell you that you sh- they should be doing, the students should be doing what you're telling them about in church or at home.
0: So. <laughs> Just, that is silly, but uh, I guess everyone can have their opinion. <laughs> well, um, Jennifer, I knew you and I were talking about this and I get this question a lot. I think this is a great way to like kind of wrap up this podcast episode. We were talking earlier about how we get the question a lot about compensation and what it's like to transition out of the classroom. So I think you and I both agreed to have kind of an honest conversation about this. Um, and so do you want to talk a little bit about what that has looked like in your journey from leaving the classroom?
1: Yeah, um, this is something that I talk about with a lot of people when they're like, well, I'm ready to, to go, you know, what, what are some things I should think about? And I'm going to talk about that more at the E2E Teacher Career Conference, which I'm really excited about, but um, one of those things is when I left teaching, I took a $20,000 pay cut. And I wasn't, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, can we make this work? I, t- I talked to my husband, and he said, you know, if it'll make you, like, just in a better state of health, then let's, let's do it, and we'll figure out what to do. So, you know, I lived at that salary for about a year and a half. And then as each year has, has gone by, I'm eventually where I would be if I were still teaching probably a little bit more than that right now. Yeah. So just understanding like sometimes, um, especially because I'm really involved in community work and I went to work in community organizations, um, that's, that's, what's going to happen. But oh my God, my, my mental health and my just state of my physical health improved, so much that it was worth for me losing that. And it was, it was hard for a little while financially, but just my quality of life period went up from there. And again, now it's been, um has it been, it's been five years and I'm where I would be if I was teaching. And again, maybe even a little
0: bit more than that. Yeah. And I think, you know, same for me, I took a little bit of a pay cut when I left and went to ed tech. Um, but Um, and you know, like I had a really great path to success. I worked really hard to get there. Um, and so, but like, I just want to share that. And I think Jennifer and I wanted to share that with all of you that I do get that question a lot. Like, well, is it financially worth it? Well, at first you might have to make a sacrifice, but the payoff, um, is definitely has for both of us been worth it.
1: It has been. And when I was thinking about leaving my first job, because, at the time, I was like, I'm going to stay here forever. But when I really started thinking about it, a lot of my colleagues who do support me, they were like, but Jen, you're going to be vested soon. What about being vested? And I'm not a financial person, so I was like, I don't know. Do I want to get vested and be sick and feel worried and stressed all the time? Or do I yes. want to be not vested and like, go pursue something that I feel will really feed me a little bit more than what I'm doing right now or a lot more than what I'm doing right now? And in the end, <coughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not vested. <laughs> I don't know what that means, really. I yeah. should probably
0: know now that I'm in my mid-30s. Yeah. Right? No, it's but... true. Have, I mean, we have a pension and everyone's like, oh, you're going to leave your pension. I'm like, my pension's still there, whatever it's going to be worth but it's called a 401k. And now I have that. So like, I mean, and I'm not a yep. financial planner either, but people ask me this. I'm like, for me, I'm I have well-rounded investments at this point, but, um, well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me. I love your story. I love that you're supporting teachers, pre-service teachers. I love that you're supporting mentor teachers and you're also supporting teachers who are looking for a little bit more. So thanks for sharing your story out with us today.
1: Thanks for the opportunity, Carrie. And really, i if anyone ever wants to reach out and just ask, like, for any ideas for what you could do in your classroom, if you're like, I have all these big ideas, how can I narrow those down to something more realistic? I love to talk to teachers about that, and I would love to talk to anyone who wants to do
0: that. So tell us. Now, you're going to be presenting, as we mentioned at the Career Conference, March 22nd it begins. It's virtual. It runs for two weeks. We just announced the session titles, and they're so awesome. Like, so many people have been saying to me, they were like, "Ah, where was this when I was transitioning out of the classroom? Um, But it's not all just transitioning out of the classroom. Actually, that's only a few, you know, handful of sessions. There's sessions about how to be um, an entrepreneur, how to build a website, how to get a social media following. Um, There's just so many, so many great sessions you can find out all of those at educators to educatorscom um, But before we go, Jennifer, how can we all get in touch with you? Should we follow you on Instagram? What's the best way to get in contact?
1: I think else? the best way is my is my teacher gram. So that's radical literacy. It's at radical literacy. Um, I just started it in October. When I was working at my last position, we had signed a lot of non-disclosure agreements, so I couldn't really do anything public. And so this is my first time for raining out into the Instagram world um, since I started in this new job. It's exciting.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I know we will be staying in touch. Uh, but for all of you. Follow us on um, Instagram as well at educators2educators.com. I'm sorry. Follow us on Instagram at educators to educators You can check us out at educators2educators.com. Don't forget, that is the number two. And until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on.